Hey, folks. It's the uh, stars of the front row. He's Keith. KJ over here. I'm Tom. We use the term stars very loosely, but we do want to thank uh, our sponsor from Seminole Boosters, the uh, Dunlap Champions Club, who is, uh, enables us to bring this podcast to you commercial-free. Hopefully a lot of you sampled uh, the Champions Club last week during the spring game. I hope you did. Uh, 33, 3,400 folks were in there, and uh, hopefully some of you were there and decided, hey, this is a place I could watch a football game from. Speaking of that, uh, Champions Club seating is available for football season. You can enjoy the club year-round with special events like the upcoming uh, draft party, which is uh, April 27th. I think Mean Gene is uh, involved in those festivities that night. Uh, then you have Doke After Dark, which is two days later. Blake Shelton, Jake Owen. Uh, side note, not that this is a reason to go to the Dunlap Champions Club, but uh, m- uh, my wife and I will be there. Okay, good to know. Yeah. You won't be singing, though. No, we won't be singing. And th- then nobody would come. Visit FSUClubSeats.com to learn more about your seating options and schedule a private tour. With that said, here's this week's Front Row. Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is the Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Good evening, everyone. This is The Front Row. I am Keith Jones, and I turn to my left as I'm sitting in the right seat. And guess what? No Tom Block. TB is not with us this afternoon, this evening. And uh, I guess that's good. I guess that's bad. I'll rely on Matthew on the other side of the glass. And uh, you feel free to pipe in any time I get. I was told I've got to keep the truck and the ruts and out of the fence row. That's my only uh, job today. We'll try to keep you in between the lines. There you go. There you go. As we get started, obviously, uh, some good news from Florida State Baseball. Uh, Knowles victorious over Stetson last night. Uh, The women uh, continue to perform well on the softball diamond. Uh, We'll talk about the draft. We've got that coming up. Uh, Scheduled to be with us this evening is one uh, Corey Simon, who knows a little bit about being drafted uh, first round and playing in the NFL. Uh, We'll get to him, uh, I think, in our third segment. Uh, and, and Tom's gone and our in, Seminole insider, Tim Linnefelt has decided, I, ha, I don't know where his priorities are. He's decided to celebrate his third wedding anniversary as opposed to being with us. So we're going to have to pitch hit with, uh, with, uh, Lane Hurt for, uh, Linnefelt. Uh, and then whatever else comes to mind uh, as we go through uh, the front row here on this Wednesday evening. First thing I want to talk about is sad news. Uh, with the draft coming up uh, and uh, one of Florida State's players that has declared early, one Travis Rudolph, our wide receiver, um, very, very, very uh, chilling and uh, sad news out of South Florida in that Travis's dad, uh, Travis's father, uh, was fatally shot and killed over the weekend. Uh, in South Florida. Uh, this morning, they did make an arrest in that shooting, uh, a gentleman uh, from that area. When, and Matthew, when I first heard this, uh, you know, the first thing that came to mind was it was, it was not packaged well. It was, a, it was a Friday night shooting in a gentleman's club. And my first thoughts went absolutely negative. And, and I think that speaks to, unfortunately, the human nature aspect of us today. Uh, when all of the facts came out, what really happened is that Travis's dad was there to do repairs to the air conditioning equipment, and someone in a completely 
another room but an adjacent room moved a firearm that went off and it went through the wall and struck and killed uh senior rudolph uh, and he died about 24 hours later in the hospital and just a sad sad story particularly when you juxtapose it to the story of what eight or nine months ago when travis rudolph is visiting at monford middle school uh befriends one uh Bo paskey uh, an autistic child that was sitting by himself, eating lunch by himself. And and that story just blew up and went viral. We were fortunate enough here on the front row to have Bo's mom, Leah, on with us uh, during that week. And uh, I can only imagine the highs and the lows of those emotions for Travis uh, just uh, six, eight months ago versus now when uh, he's got to deal with the passing of his father. This week is supposed to be happy you're supposed to be celebrating with your family that you're getting drafted in the nfl your your dreams coming true i can't can't imagine the twists and turns of this week's going to be can it all can it all but anyway our hearts and prayers out to travis and his family on the passing of his dad daryl uh who uh leaves us at the age of 55 as i mentioned good news from uh, the baseball front florida state victorious over stetson uh, 11 to 5 i think was the final last night and uh, the, the thing I'll talk about uh, when we have the opportunity to visit with Lane, who'll be uh, pinch hitting, as it were, for Tim Linnefelt, is another rain-shortened, rain-not-finished game with the Hurricanes that was similar to the rain-shortened, rain-not-finished game with the Gators. And I'm, I'm wondering if the conspiracy theorists are out anywhere as we look at uh, those two items. But Florida State victorious over Stetson. We'll take that as a positive as they get ready for another weekend series. Oh, Keith Jones with you here on the front row, minus my partner Tom Block. And um, we'll just have to carry on without him. We'll remind you before we go to break that uh, uh, hats off and thanks to uh, Matt Thompson and all the guys over at uh, Madison Social, guys and gals, uh, obviously. Uh, Centrale, the Italian parlor, which is next to Madison uh, Social, is now up and running. Old school Italian fare with a fun, fresh edge, making lunch great again. 11 items for lunch at other $11. Uh, the Slice of Tallahassee Pizza Festival at Centrale is coming up on May 20th. Uh, and I believe they're going to have the pizza sauce dunk tape. A dunk tank, which replaces the wine dunk tank that they had a couple, three weeks ago. Uh, we'll get one Mr. Block to do some recon on that uh, as we get a little closer to it. All right, we're just getting started here on the front row. Stay with us. We'll be right back after a little, uh, what do they call it? Uh, temporary pause to make a little money. Word from our sponsors. Word from our sponsors. There you go. The Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back, everybody. This is The Front Row. Normally with Tom Block and Keith Jones, I am KJ sitting in for one Tom Block. Well, actually, I'm sitting in his chair. I would be sitting in the other chair. Oh, never mind. You can get your own visual. 
Uh, we appreciate you joining us here on this Wednesday evening. Uh, we're now going to go to the Earl Vacancy Earl Vacancy uh, Vacancy Hotline. I can't even say the name of my own employer this afternoon. Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together, and joined by our uh, Seminoles Insider Two. One Tim Lenefield can't be with us, but we're pleased to have the Assistant Director of Digital Media for FSU Athletics and one Lane Hurt. Lane, you doing okay? I'm doing great, Keith. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we, uh, we've had the opportunity to, to work with Tim for a long time and obviously uh, work with you because you guys are like uh, conjoined ten, uh, twins or however you say that. Wherever one is, the other is, particularly as it comes to football games and uh, other athletic events. But I uh, appreciate you taking the time being with us on the show. Absolutely. Tim is awesome to work with and enjoy spending time with him. And yeah, we've got some. we done some fun stuff together and hopefully we'll continue to do it. Some things that will not make air, I might add, as well. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> Always. Big win uh, last night for, for Mike Martin and the Seminole Baseball Club. They come back uh, double up, more than double up on Stetson 11-5. Uh, it's been a very interesting baseball season and year, uh, but they're beginning to put some wins together, uh, which are very much needed, no question. Yeah, I think, Keith, the, the first thing to, to remember is they're getting healthy offensively and getting everybody into that lineup who they envisioned would be in the lineup to start the season, and, and guys are starting to swing the bat. And I, I'll tell you, I think it's, it's brought, brought some relief. It's taken some pressure off of off the bullpen, some pressure off of the starting pitchers to, to see those guys are uh, hitting the way that they're hitting right now. I've heard talk, and I guess this is a, a different uh, scenario for Seminole baseball, but as they go into these weekend series, you know the the age old thing is to win all three. Nowadays, it's got to, you got to take two out of three and start getting some of those wins together. Uh, very difficult to get to forty, but certainly you've got to get in that thirty five, thirty seven range as you get ready for the ACC tournament. If you've got any hopes of making the postseason, absolutely. I think you've seen, especially over the last two or three years, how competitive college baseball has gotten. I think I mean you remember Keith, you'd play these these midweek games and you just destroy opponents. They're an easy win that you put on your schedule. Now these games have gotten tougher and tougher each and every year to where those, those games are no longer guaranteed wins. So you've got to take those weekend series, take on even more importance and it doesn't get any easier for Florida state this weekend with Virginia, another great ACC opponent coming into uh, Dick Hauser stadium. And I think, I think you see the team playing better and better right now. And, yeah, two, two out of three is definitely a, a huge weekend these days in the ACC. I, I didn't look, and I'm going to put you on the spot. I didn't prep you for this, but I don't recall a series before, certainly in Tallahassee with West Virginia. Have these two clubs met much? Have you done any research on that? Oh, it's not West Virginia. It's, it's Virginia. Vir- I'm sorry, Virginia. Never mind then. I'll go down another <laughs> road. Uh, certainly familiar with the Cavaliers, and I apologize uh, for, for my mistake there. Um, what do you see happening with this club now that they're healthy? Well, uh, first and foremost, I think you're going to see more more offense out of this team. Right now, Dylan Busby's leading the way in his absolutely red-hot hot stretch. I, I, I see this team just getting better and better. I think they've it looks like they may have the rotation set. Looks like they're moving Andrew Carp into that Sunday role. Give him a shot there. I think if if he continues to, to pitch well, that'll be your rotation. If not, Drew Parrish may uh, get slid back in there. But I think I think Tyler Holton has been the steadiest of of the three pitchers. I think he's he's proven to uh, 
to definitely be that that guy that they can count on there. Cole Sands has the stuff to be be great, and he's shown it at times this year as well. I I like where this team's going right now. I really do. I feel optimistic about how this, the uh, end of the season is going to turn out and shake out for them, and uh, it would not surprise me at all to see them take two out of three here at home against a very good Virginia team. I've never seen a club in all my time as a little bit of a distance uh, fan uh, and, and, and and love love baseball, love collegiate baseball, and certainly Florida State. Never seen a club that's been this uh, bitten by injuries, though. This is this has been highly unusual. Yeah, Keith, and it's been weird stuff too. I mean, I mean, shingles. Who gets what? Nineteen, twenty-year-old kid gets shingles. That's an old I mean, man's disease, just... isn't it? Tom Block suffers from that occasionally. That's old man disease. <laughs> It's just bizarre, and then you know they lose Tyler Daughtry running the bases at practice, and I mean it's just it's just bizarre thing, little things here or there, and you know Drew Mendoza, the All World freshman, who's really starting to kind of find his his place at the plate as well. You know misses out for some freak injuries that happened in the fall and and in the winter as they're getting ready for for the opening of the season, and yeah, but you know credit. Give credit where credit's due. They've they've kind of hung on. It was shaky for a while, but they kind of did what they needed to do. And now all signs are pointing to to them starting to play their best baseball at the time of the season that it matters. No question, no question. Well, we'll wish uh, wish the club well, and uh, obviously uh, pulling for them. Changing gears a little bit, a, a little bit of a activity going on tomorrow night. I think in Philadelphia. Did I read something about yeah, football yeah, related? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know much about this whole football thing but yeah apparently something's happening so yeah <laughs> uh, and obviously we're referring to the the nfl draft uh, i like the format uh, first round dedicated on an evening uh, people tuning in I, I don't know what to make of everything I've read the last couple of weeks about the quote-unquote fall of Dalvin. Uh, I don't know what to make uh, of things I've read in a couple of weeks that uh, that the Marcus is kind of holding his own, and I don't know what to make of anything I've read about nobody talking about Rod Johnson. You, you got any insight on anything? Yeah, I mean, let's start with, with the, the name at the top of that list, Dalvin Cook. I think Robert Klemko from the Monday Morning Quarterback wrote a fantastic piece yesterday kind of detailing what some of those red flags that have been out there are, including an amazing case of sabotage by what a lot of NFL teams call runners, guys who aren't officially agents but are kind of go-betweens between players and agents, trying to sabotage Dalvin Cook, which is just, outrageous and it's just amazing the things that happen this time of year but you know Keith you've dealt with them I've dealt with them Dalvin has been one of the the humblest easiest guys to deal with from a media perspective always comes in always answers questions always gives you detail and I mean some of this stuff has just been shocking to hear I'd be you know if teams want to take him off the draft board that's fine but I would snatch him up in a second as far as DeMarcus Walker yeah I think you know, late second round, early third round guy, a guy who works incredibly hard. I'd be, I'd be surprised if he doesn't become a, a, a quality pro just because of his work ethic and just how hard he works on it. The, the key for him is ending up in a team that's going to be able to use him the right way, can you know move him from the inside outside area. And then yeah, Rod Johnson, I'm I'm with you, guys. Two time Jacobs blocking award winner for the ACC, a guy who's who's played left tackle, the hardest position on the offensive line, I mean, you can argue center, but 
but you know, left tackles where the, the quarterback's best best friend. You know, I think someone's going to get a quality player there, but it sounds like yeah, it might not be until the third or fourth round. Uh, obviously, Florida State faithful are used to having a number of uh, names called in the, in the uh, first and, and second and third round. Maybe not uh, as many in terms of numbers, but uh, I agree with you. I think the quality, uh, particularly of those three, uh, speak for themselves. Uh, I, what I'm interested in seeing is what happens, and, and we talked in the first segment about the tragedy associated with uh, uh, Travis Rudolph's father over the weekend, but uh, where, where Travis falls – uh, Wilson and 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 um, Kermit, uh, you know, I I I I don't know whether anybody's going to roll the dice on those guys, but uh, I think somebody, at least one of those three, uh, might end up surprising us both in terms of where they go and what their career ends up looking like. Oh, I agree, and I think that the two guys that fascinate me the most are are Marquez White, just because you know when he when they actually threw the ball his way. He was he was very productive here at Florida State, but there just isn't all that that tape on him as far as because teams just kind of ignored him. And I think he he's fascinating to me because I think he's got all the tools to be a, a good corner in the NFL. It's just will he get a chance to prove it? And then Freddie Stevenson, uh, you know, the fullback is kind of a position that's gone by the wayside a little bit, but but man, he can he can play. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can block. You know, in his limited carries that he got, he showed a little bit of burst and be able to break through the line of scrimmage. So he's one of those guys. And then, yeah, out of the guys that you said, Kermit really fascinates me just because of his speed and his returnability. Is he a guy who could he could find a spot on the roster because of that, and then maybe work his way into the slot, do some things? I I think that's definitely a possibility. Well, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, in our last couple of minutes here, uh, Lane, update us real quick. We're talking about under the radar and we're not paying enough attention to uh, something that's truly great. Uh, the Florida State uh, softball team has just been off the chart this year with, with what they've been able to accomplish, uh, and they, they certainly don't get enough credit for what they are doing. Softball is incredible. Lonnie Alameda has built a, a program over that. They have a, an identity. They're a team that goes out there incredibly confident. They like to have a lot of fun, and it, it works for them 100%. They, they, have, they are exactly who they are. They've built a culture over there. Jessica Burroughs and Megan King in the circle are, are phenomenal. They're a great change of pace from each other, one-two punch, and then that, that lineup from top to bottom has really been solid. I mean, obviously everyone knows what Jessica Warren can do, what Alex Powers can do, but, I mean, there's so many players who have won games for them, Zoe Casas the other night on Monday night uh, won a big game for them up in Louisville. I mean, and you know, just it's a lot of different players contributing, and I mean, they're they're really good, and they're not one of those teams that are going to be uh, blinded or shaken by the big moment. I think uh, I think they they could be a, a pretty special team. I think they better be paid attention to. There's no question about that. Uh, I'll close. Uh, I'll go back to the draft and, and and my my personal story. By no means am I Dalvin Cook's best friend. Uh, we're not we're not buddies. Uh, we don't hang out together. Uh, but I'll tell you the one off the field character thing that most impressed me about Dalvin, and uh, it occurred during uh, the memorial service for my good friend Monk Bonasort. Uh, I was sitting there, didn't even know Dalvin was sitting behind me. And we got about two-thirds of the way through the service, and I heard someone, you know, catch their breath. And I turned around, and Dalvin was sitting uh, behind me and crying as much as I was crying. 
And that, to me, just spoke to the character of the young man. Yeah, Keith, and to be completely honest, I'm with you. It's like, he's not a, you know, I don't see him every day. I don't spend that much time with him. But I've heard way more of those stories around Florida State than, than anything else. And I, I've said, I've, I've told a lot of people this. I think he's, he's one of my, my favorite players to cover because I have a lot of respect for him and how he carried himself and handled himself and, and treated people around Florida State. And, and that's, that's, that's my experience with him. Take it for, for what it's worth. I agree. Well, hopefully within, what, 26, 27 hours from now, uh, we'll hear one Dalvin Cook's name called uh, in the first round of the NFL draft. Lane, appreciate you pinch hitting. Uh, we may decide. I'll take a vote later. We may pick you over Tim Lenefelt going forward. Uh, our folks will get your with your folks uh, as we move forward. Yeah, well, we'll do some negotiations, and I'll see, see what we can work out. <laughs> I guarantee you, your pay will be twice as much as what we pay Lenefelt. Uh, two times zero is still zero, right? Last I checked. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Keith. I Thanks, Lane. It. Thanks, Lane. Lane Hurd, uh, the assistant uh, director of digital media at FSU Athletics. When we come back, uh, we'll try to reach out and get one Corey Simon on the line. He knows a little bit about having his name called sixth pick overall in the 2000 draft. You'll be going to stay with us for that. We'll be back back after this. <laughs> The Front Row is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Call them at 580-1200 or online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back to the front row. This is Keith Jones riding solo. Tom Block, I, I want to say away on assignment, but that's not even the right term. He's just not with us today. However, we're going to go back to the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together and reach out to a very, very special guest, a good friend of mine, a guy I just love talking to because he's always got great insight. And, of course, that's the one and the only Corey Simon. Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Keith. Uh, by way of introduction, I need to remind folks because uh, we're in uh, we're in the midst. I won't say royalty, but of significance with the uh, draft coming up tomorrow, Thursday night. I remind you that one Mr. Corey Simon was the sixth overall pick in the 2000 draft uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, coming off of a consensus All American season, 99 wire to wire championship team, and uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But first, Corey. I know the draft in 2000 was in New York. Where were you? Where Where were you? How did you get the call when the when the Philadelphia reached out to you? I was home in Pompano Beach. I decided to to stay home and and, and spend time with family and friends and, and my fiance at the time. And so uh, I just didn't want to be in the, the hoopla of New York. Um, that was never a dream of mine. Um, so I decided to stay home with the family. D- did you know, or was it a little bit of a surprise, or how did that how did that work out? No, I mean, I, I tell folks, my, my draft experience was pretty uneventful. Um, it was going to be one of two places. Uh, I was either going to be in Baltimore at five or at Philadelphia at six. And uh, I took two visits during the process, one to Baltimore and sat down with Rex Ryan. And uh, at the time was a defensive line coach. And um, he said, Corey, we really want you. Um, I'll be standing on the table screaming for you. 
Um, and then, you know, I went directly from Baltimore to Philadelphia and Andy Reid sat down with me and he said, Corey, I'm having a conversation with you. I'm not having with anybody else. You're our guy. If you're, if you're at six, you're, you're an Eagle. Uh, and I believed him, uh, and I trusted him on it. And I woke up on that, that draft day morning, uh, about eight 30, I saw Sam Adams had just been, uh, picked up by the Baltimore Ravens. So I knew that they, they didn't have that, that defensive tackle need anymore. And so I knew I'd be an Eagle. So when I got the phone call at six, um, I knew I was headed to Philly. Cool. Cool. I can only imagine. Uh, those of us uh, like myself that had the opportunity to play in college, but uh, based on size, weight, and lack of speed, had no opportunity at the next level. <laughs> I can't imagine uh, how special that was. Um, by way of disclosure, I need to also share with folks that uh, Corey and I um, uh, go way back. Uh, to the point where uh, you were actually a student of mine uh, when I was in, uh, when I as I continue as an adjunct instructor, and I teasingly tell people I won't make a big deal out of this because I want to talk about Dalvin Cook and so, some of your perspectives on some things. But one of my best television memories is being with you in the locker room after that uh, Virginia Tech win uh, in New Orleans, and I, I tell people when when it comes time to have a pitcher of someone who left everything on the field, had nothing left. It was my standing at your locker, seeing you sit in that locker after that national championship victory. You you left everything on the field, and I will never forget that. Well, I, I, I tell you, Keith, to go back to that time, it, it, it's always a culmination of everything that you put into it. And, and you know, being a former player, um, when you've sacrificed so much, so much time, so much effort, um, you know, just being in the weight room and being out on the field in the summer times when the media and no one else is watching. Um, after coming back from my senior season, after losing that game against Tennessee, um, you just, you know, and then chasing down a guy like Michael Vick all day long. I mean, it, it, it was exhausting, gratifying, and, and it was something that, uh, you know, you always look back on, and when you think that you can't accomplish something, it's that it's what pulls you back to reality and saying, you know what, I've been in worse situations, I've been in tougher situations. I can dig down a little bit deeper uh, to get where I want to go, and um, you know, that's the that's why I still am, am involved in football uh, from a youth perspective because of all of those things that it teaches you. Um, perseverance and hard work and dedication and sacrifice and teamwork and character, all of these things that it teaches you, I think young people need to get at an early age. And, and that's what that locker room was about. That's what, uh, that's what my exhaustion was about. It was about all of the sacrifice that, gone, that had gone into getting where we were where we were at the time and that was championship well you 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 demonstrated that you pictured that you were you encapsulated that and my hat's off to you of course we're talking with uh florida state all-american Corey simon uh first round draft pick of the philadelphia eagles as we get ready to talk a little bit about uh, dalvin cook and 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 that type of thing and part of the reason why i had had Corey come on uh by way of background is, is you listen to the show and tom block and i were talking about how you know as a fan 
we might like to see Cook not taken early. We might want to see him taken in the in the middle of the of the first round and go to the Bucks or maybe the end of the first round and go to the uh, uh, to the Patriots. Uh, but you've got a different perspective on on that initial contract and and where you fall in the draft. And I'll just let you explain what you tweeted back to Tom Block about your experience and what your perspective is. Well, and, and, it, and it comes down to dollars and cents, quite honestly. Um, folks always think that you can always make up for lost money. There's no such thing. Once the money is gone, it's gone. And you're put in a very unique situation, especially at the running back position, where your time in the NFL is limited. You're there, you know, you've heard Jimbo Fisher say it so many times. There's only, only so many licks that your body can take, uh, in the game of football. And they have tried to limit those at every level until you get to the NFL and you're going to get what you're going to get. And there's no promise of a second contract or a third contract. Uh, the Adrian Petersons of the world are, are far and large an anomaly um, of being able to play this game into your thirties. Uh, and so once you miss out on that money, and this is life-changing money, this is generational-changing money for your family for generations to come, once you miss that dollar, you'll never make it up. You may go on to be successful and make more money later, or you may not. And so there's a big difference between a top 10 player and a guy that goes at 30 of about 8 to $10 million dollars. That's a lot of money to leave on the table when you're talking about someone who grew up in the situation that Dalvin Cook grew up in. Many of the players um, that are going to go in this draft grew up in where they've never seen this kind of money before. They've never seen the changes that it will do to a family. And so to say, uh, we'd rather see him go later because he'll have a chance to win. He'll be in a successful program. At the end of the day, NFL is a business. And it's all about a business decision. You want to go as high as you possibly can. And when you hit the ground in that town, wherever you're going to play, you try to make a difference and make that team better. But as far as the economical sense of it, it makes no sense to try and slide down the draft board. And Nobody obviously, yeah, and and obviously the the potential for injury, which I, I think we all need to uh, make sure we remind our, our listeners of, is your career was cut short because of injury. Uh, once you signed your new deal in Indianapolis, there, there were issues associated with that. Or, or you might have played another four or five years. I've not talked to you personally about how long you wanted to go, but but you were unable to continue by something that was outside of your control. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, as many hits as Dalvin's going to take over the next few years of his career, you just never know. You, you never want to be hamstrung by any situation that you're in. You want to be able to walk out, hopefully walk out, of the NFL uh, on your own accord and not be forced out where nobody, 32 teams don't want you, your career is over. Not everybody gets to make that choice. And so because you can't make that choice, you've got to make the money that you can, as much money as you possibly can and, and hope that it's a team surrounds you with other players that are like-minded, that, that are willing to sacrifice and count the cost to go out there and be successful as a team. Well, once again, Corey, you and I are bound together. We have a similar experience. I, I have to put up with one Tom Block, 
every week after week after week and, and you have you you understand my pain because you've got to do the the pregame and the halftime video uh, that goes up on the big board for every fsu home game and, and i'm th- i'm thinking about starting a club we can commiserate <laughs> together what do you think <laughs> kind of like a triple like a like a like an uh, an aa meeting for for tom block co-host he, he's not here to defend himself. We can say anything we want to. <laughs> you and I will be sitting right next to each other in, in that meeting, I tell you. That's Tom's a great guy, and I really enjoy working with Very him. much so. Last couple of minutes here, uh, Corey. Of course, we're speaking with uh, Florida State All-American Corey uh, Simon. Uh, update our listeners on uh, your, you, you, you relocated back to Tallahassee after your career. You've continued to be involved. And for those that may not know, talk about uh, your family and what you're up to these days. Well, yeah, so basically I never left Tallahassee. I always kept an off-season home here. Tallahassee has come home for me, um, and, and I really enjoy living here. Um, I enjoy being a part of this community. Um, right now, my family, I'm just enjoying being dad. After after 10 years in the financial services business uh, with the Gaber Agency, um, I am now just dad and husband, um, and I run our Pop Warner program here in town. And so, you know, like I was talking about earlier, it's it's um, just right now our Pop Warner program, um, we work with our young women and men uh, on developing those things that I talked about earlier, character, hard work, sacrifice, being able to deal with wins and losses because we keep score. Um, so you're going to have those things, teamwork, all of those character-building things um, that I think are important for our young people to understand Um that's why I got involved. And I also think that Pop Warner is at the forefront of changing the way the game is played. Um, football is never going to be a safe game. There are no safe games. If you want to be safe, you got to stay on the sidelines. Um, but to try and make the game as safe as possible, and, and I love what Pop Warner is doing. It's really changed a lot of the rules, um, the way tackling is taught, the way blocking is taught. Um, Getting away, getting away for those younger kids, uh, the scrimmage kick situations, so no live kicking situations, so we don't have those run down, uh, the hill collisions, really changing the way you practice. Um, with only 25% of our practice is dedicated to full contact. So 75% of what we're doing with our kids is teaching the game of football um, and how to play it as safely as possible, understanding what it is. Um, and going out there and, and having a good time with it. And so uh, I do our tackle football program and our flag football program, which registration is going on now. So if you want to go to BigBenPopWarner.org uh, and sign your kid up, we'd love to have you ages 5 to 15. Um, but it's just it's, it's my passion. I tell people nowadays I do more things that make me no money, but they make me happy. And, and so that's um, I'm, I'm happy uh, that the end I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ecstatic that the NFL gave me this opportunity to live the life that I live now, being able to impact and change the lives of young people. Corey, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. You're the best. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Keith. You bet. Corey Simon, Florida State All-American, first-round draft pick of the Eagles, and uh, he'll be watching the draft tomorrow like we all will, pulling for Dalvin Cook and others, and uh, always great to catch up with Corey. When we come back, we're going to visit a little bit about – what is it? Doke After Dark? Concert coming up. And some other things going on at Doke Campbell Stadium. Stay with us right after this.
the front row with Tom Block and Keith Jones is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back, everybody. This is the front row. I am Keith Jones, sans one Tom Block, who uh, we'll probably find other ways in this segment to make fun of and ridicule as well. We're going to reach back out to the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together, and say hello to a good friend of the program, Jason Dennard, who's the Associate Athletic Director uh, in charge of, what did I read, Jason? Let's see here. New revenue generation and marketing. You got a big deal. You got a big job there, brother. Big job. Yeah, it's a long list. Uh, today it feels a lot longer than normal. <laughs> well, a, a huge event coming up, and, and, and I want to talk about it in a little more in depth, but uh, uh, Doke After Dark coming up this weekend. In terms of um, self-confession, uh, the last concert that one Keith Jones went to in Doke Campbell Stadium was in 1980, Little River Band. Uh, How about that? The venue is looks a little different, and the uh, quality of the show is a little different come Saturday night. Yeah, I tell you, you know, we've been after this for about almost a full calendar year now, and uh, I'm sitting here looking out the window and and seeing this thing unfold as as they build the stage right now, and it's it's going to be quite spectacular when people walk in, and you're used to seeing the quarterback on the field with his offensive line and you're going to walk out there now and you're going to see a big pile of steel with speakers and lights and all kind of stuff and the uh, entertainers that are going to be entertaining are not uh, of the lesser known variety there's some pretty big headliners going to be with us in tallahassee this weekend yeah blake shelton's headlining the event for us and you know tallahassee is not necessarily a place that's usually on his radar to come to um so for us to have gotten him in Tallahassee is a very, very big deal. And uh, people will be familiar with Jake Owen since he's got some deep roots here at FSU in Tallahassee. And we're really fortunate to have him come back and play his favorite football stadium in the world. And Big and Rich, who everybody sees on uh, their song, hears their, hears their song all the time when they watch ESPN College Game Day. And, um, you know, we got two others that are going to be joining them. So, it's going to be a good afternoon, and it'll go all the way into the night, so it should be a good time. Uh, the obvious uh, question, tickets still available? Good tickets still available? Yeah, I mean, the good thing, the good and the bad of it is it is a giant stadium, so we do have tickets that people can still get, and there's actually some good ones that are still available. So, um, you know, we are we are running some uh, ticket specials right now. To People can go on the website, dokeafterdark.com, and buy them. Um, but yeah, we, we encourage people to come out and, you know, I hear all the time that, you know, Tallahassee needs to have more of this, that, and the other. Well, this, that, and the other is here on Saturday and we have a chance to really put our, our best foot forward. And if it's successful, we're able to do this hopefully on a regular basis. And, uh, so hopefully people will take that into account when they're making their decision. We'll get that uh, get that crystal ball out. We're gonna put you on the spot now. You know the over and under on what you think attendance might be. You know, I think it's going to be at least around twenty thousand or so, which will qualify it as probably the biggest concert that's ever happened in Tallahassee history. Um, so, you know, how the next couple of days roll out will really depend how further we can go on that. But um, yeah, I think that that's probably a good estimate for me right now. 
changing gears a little bit, but staying with the venue, uh, I rode by the stadium uh, either yesterday or Monday, I don't recall, and, and the, another crane was going up, and, and I had completely forgotten, completely forgotten, that there's another uh, real neat, fan-friendly uh, thing being added to Dope Campbell as you get ready for the 2017 football season. Yeah, we're um, finally going to come in and <clears throat> we'll finish up the, the stadium build-out and put a video board over the University Center Club there in the south end zone and it'll kind of enclose it. It was something that we, when we did the purchase for the one in the north end zone, we bought this one too. We just ran out of time. So you obviously you can't be hoisting these big things over people's head during the season. So we had to wait till the end of the year. And so we're, we're doing that now. The work's already started. The crane's on site. If you come by the stadium or ride by, you can't miss it. It's humongous. Um, so they're doing the work on it now, and it'll be ready um, sometime in July. And we'll have time to tinker around with it before we get to the first home game in September. We're visiting with uh, Jason Dennard, the associate at AD for a new revenue generation and marketing at FSU Athletics, and that that is no little feat of a of a scoreboard that's going up. I, it's it's of similar size to the old scoreboard that got replaced to the new scoreboard, if if I remember correctly. Yeah, it'll be a little bit bigger than the old one that we had in the north end zone before this past year, so. It'll be, you know, if you're sitting in the north end of the stadium, you'll have something really nice to look at when you're in there. And, you know, and the one thing that I always hear people talk about is, you know, let's if we do this, that, and the other, maybe it'll uh, trap sound into the stadium. It'll make us have more of a home field advantage. And, well, this will definitely uh, help enclose the stadium a little bit more, um, give it a little bit harder time for noise to escape when we're uh, – playing Miami here in September in the heat of Tallahassee. Well, and I don't know how much f- feedback you may have gotten, uh, positive or negative, but uh, when the when the new scoreboard went on the other end and the new sound system associated with it, I just thought personally that was a tremendous upgrade. I mean, it, 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 it was better than I expected. Well, I'll tell you, the biggest compliment slash complaint that we have gotten on a regular basis is we literally get – calls on Monday from individuals that live as far away as Myers Park telling us that our sound system is too loud and they can hear everything verbatim in their houses in their neighborhood. <laughs> if that gives you any indication. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, last thing I want to visit with you with, uh, also involves new construction. Uh, and, of course, uh, Florida State, all of our listeners know, will open against the University of Alabama and Atlanta. Uh, to begin the 2017 season, uh, and uh, some conversation slash concern about the readiness of, uh, I believe they're calling it the Mercedes-Benz Bowl or Dome. Uh, yeah. What's what's the latest relative to the site where uh, Florida State and Alabama will play in Atlanta? Well, we, we we're trying to keep our finger on the pulse of that at, on a daily basis here, but we feel pretty good. Um, you know, they assure us that everything is going to get finished. Um, you know, it is a little behind schedule due to, you know, some things that were unexpected during the build out, but they feel pretty good about it. And, you know, they assure us that we're going to be ready to go when the time comes. And I tell you, that thing when completed is going to be like the eighth wonder of the world. It's, it's going to be one of the nicest venues in the world. I mean, it's world class and it's uh it's going to be really neat to kick off the season you know two heavyweights there in atlanta and uh that's also where that where it ends this year too hopefully for uh seminole 
two with a victory. Well, there are some that think it may be the same two teams uh, that revisit that stadium at the end of the season. Uh, we'll have to keep our, our, our fingers crossed on that. One part of uh, the particulars associated with it, obviously both schools were given an allotment of tickets. Uh, and I, if I remember correctly, Florida State has sold out their allotment, but fans may not know what seats they're in or when those seats will be assigned in terms of where they're going to be in the Dome. What's the update on that? We think we're going to be able to let people know sometime in mid-May. So right now we're we're in a little bit of a holding pattern because we're waiting to – once the construction is complete, they're still installing seats right now, and we want to make sh- – they want to make sure before they release a final seating chart that, you know, if they, if they think there's going to be 10 seats in this row, that there's actually 10 and not 9. So once that gets finalized, um, and also the Falcons are also selling tickets to some of their club seat holders, so – the one caution I would put out there is if you do happen to go on to the secondary market to buy tickets for the game, if it doesn't say club seat on there that's available at the current time, uh, you may want to hold off on buying them because I do believe there are some folks who think they are getting tickets up there in Atlanta that will probably not get them um, from the, the – so I just, you know, just be aware of that. Um, normally, I'd tell you, get them however you can, but – I think we're, if, if you put in a request here with us, you pretty much know whether you're going to get them or not already. So, um, But in the next two weeks, I think we'll have a much clearer picture. And uh, that place, will there will not be a seat available in that place come September 2nd. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I was reading an article this morning, uh, and, and not that you have any control over it or any of us have any control over it, but I think the decision's already been made that the roof will be left open for the FSU-Alabama game. Uh, I think they've already made that decision, uh, and they were talking about adding some standing room only and some other types of things, and the, and the uh, capacity may be at seventy five, seventy six thousand for that contest. Yeah, I think they could they could pretty much put as many people in there as they could possibly go with. I mean that you know what we could we could have sold the whole stadium out ourselves if, if they would have given us a chance, and I think Alabama probably could have done the same, but. You know, you put two heavyweights together like that, and even if you're a casual football fan, you want to be there for something like that. One more time, Jason. Let's go back to uh, uh, Doke after dark, and uh, folks want to. They've they've procrastinated. They've uh, waited. They're not sure they want to go. Let's give them uh, access to. If they want to see Blake and the and the boys and and the rest that are performing on Saturday night. How they go about getting tickets? You got a couple of different options. You can go to the dokeafterdark.com website. If you go in there right now, enter in the promo code COKE, the word, the C-O-K-E, you can get 35% off your ticket purchase of any seat in the stadium. Or if you wait to the last minute and you just want to buy them on the day of, you can go to the ticket office location at Dick Hauser Stadium and buy them there on your way to the baseball game since the baseball team is playing that day as well and softball is playing on Saturday as well. So um, those are the two options, and we'd love to have as many people out here to support it as possible. J.D., always a pleasure. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Keith. You bet. Jason Dinner, the Associate Athletic Director for New Revenue Generation and Marketing. Matthew, I love that title. It just speaks to exactly what he's charged with. 
unbelievable. Uh, before we go to break, we'll remind you that uh, if you've got a do-it-yourself project that needs to be finished, go visit Ron and his knowledgeable staff at Cornerstone Tool and Fastener to get all your power tool needs. Two locations to choose from. 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway, or you can call them at 580-1200 or online at www.ctf.nu. I'll be back to wrap it up right after this. The Front Row is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Call them at 580-1200 or online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Segment number five on the front row in our parlance. That means last segment, which means I'm the only thing standing between me getting up and leaving. Wait a minute. I may need to rethink that. Keith Jones with you here on the front row. Uh, missing my good buddy, Tom Block. We made it through. And I don't think we've, I don't think we've caused too much harm to his reputation, Matthew. I think he'll, he'll, I think he'll be okay when he goes back and listen. What do you think? Most, most of the, uh, Making fun of it has been off air. Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I did record it, though. Uh-oh. How much is that going to cost me? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Good show today. Uh, we uh, had uh, in segment number two, Lane Hurt, who was pinch hitting for uh, Tim Linnefelt on our Seminoles.com insider position, talking about uh, the draft and uh, baseball and, of course, what Lonnie and the ladies are doing on the softball dynam. Always a treat when we have former Noel athletes in, and none better than uh, Corey Simon. Uh, as I mentioned, Corey and I go all the way back, I think, to 1998, his junior year. Uh, you know, he was the Piccolo Award winner. He he had not even hardly played a down his first couple of three years at Florida State. Was always injured, always banged up. Uh, his junior year just burst onto the scene, made All-American, and uh, was awarded the uh, Piccolo Award, which goes to the most outstanding player in the ACC that has come back from injury, and then works his way all the way up to uh, sixth overall pick with the Eagles. Uh, he was a finalist for the Outland and the Lombardi, Lombardi Awards. Um, just a great college career, cut short in the NFL by injury. And, of course, uh, J.D., Jason Denard talking about Doke After Dark and the new school board and all that type of stuff. Remind you, if you want to keep up with us, that the front row is available on demand after every week's show through two convenient methods. You can uh, can be heard on ESPNTallahassee.com. Just go to the website, look at the Audio Vault drop-down menu, select the front row, or simply subscribe to our podcast of the show via iTunes. When you do that, by the way, uh, thanks for the uh, thank you to the Dunlop Championships uh, Champions Club rather for sponsoring that podcast. And uh, I've run out of time. More, more importantly, run out of anything of uh, real significance to say. Uh, we've got no excuse for Tom not being here. He's just not here. Uh, Tim was away on his third anniversary. That's why Lane was here. Matthew, who is always here, is on the other side of the glass. And um, I uh, I kept it out of the I kept it in the ruts and out of the fence row. 
Uh, I think Ron Vetrano, the general manager here, said something about the USS Vincent and some major naval battle and catastrophe that was awaiting us. And as long as we don't hear back from the FCC, I guess I get to continue doing this for another time. No explosions this week. Good deal. I'm Keith Jones. This is The Front Row. We're here every Wednesday night from 6 to 7. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. 